Welcome back to our AP World History Podcast. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the third part in our series on uh, the Mongol Empire, looking at what they do in three regions, uh, with them being specifically China, Persia, and Russia. Um, so we're going to start with China here. Uh, they, they have a huge influence on China from 1209 to uh, 1279. And uh, in the north, it's very violent because that's where they initially come into contact with them. But as they make their way south, it becomes less and less violent because um, some areas start supporting them or just realizing that they can't fight against the wave that's coming on. Um, and as the Mongols went and conquered, they raised a lot of China, so they destroyed a lot of the cities and, and civilization and pieces like that that made China what it is uh, because um, they wanted to kind of make it agricultural, or not agricultural land, but focus on it more being pastoral land uh, in some of the areas. And uh, when the Yuan dynasty, which is the Mongol dynasty there, uh, which will be set up under Kublai Khan, um, when it gets uh, established, they'll make their capital at uh, Beijing, which is the, um, which is the modern uh, capital of China. Uh, but they won't call it Beijing. Then it'll be called Khan Balik. Um, and Kublai Khan, he's, he's the original looter, ruler. Um, he's a benevolent ruler. Uh, he does create roads to connect the empire more. He creates new canals to again create the or connect the empire more. Uh, he lowers the tax rates. So he does a lot of good things. It's it's what we consistently see with the uh, with the dynastic cycle. So that kind of continues through here, in that you do a lot of these improvements, and then what we see at the end, uh, that stuff doesn't happen as much, and so you see them getting kicked out. Um, but uh, one thing is, although he becomes more Chinese, they adopt some of the culture. They don't become fully Chinese. Um, they support the arts and the merchants, which is against Confucianism. Um, they f uh, forbade the uh, intermarriage of uh, Mongols and Chinese, as well as they banned foot binding. But although they try to ban foot binding, they really don't stop it in the upper classes. They keep doing what they want to do. Uh, but you can understand why the, the Mongols would want to do that. One, women have more rights in that, and they look at that as terrible. But two, if if you're a Mongol woman, you can't bind your feet because you have to be able to ride a horse. And by doing that, you completely take away their ability to ride a horse. And um, Kublai Khan's wife, uh, Shabi, uh, was a major advisor to him, and that's a constant thing that we see or a consistent thing we see in, in the Mongol empires is women could influence their husbands, uh, especially in the higher – uh, levels of society um, to uh, to influence them and to, to have a say in politics. Um, but what eventually happens is because of the kind of the style of Mongol rule and that uh, it's more based on clans and you have a lot of infighting that can happen once once clans start getting divided and you get divisions, uh, they fall. And so they fall due to the factions that are in them and then they eventually get uh, it gets replaced by the Ming Dynasty there, which we'll look at next week a little bit. Uh, and then we got Persia. Uh, Persia experiences them in 1219 and 1221, and they're able to kind of uh, resist it there. So this is the opposite dynasty. Uh, but then in 1251 uh, to 1258, they get another invasion, and that'll last until the 1330s when the Mongols are fully integrated. Uh, and the dude that kind of destroys things in 1251 and 1258 and finally fully conquers Persia is a guy named Hulagu, uh, and he sets up the Ilkhanate, which will adopt Islam, um, and um, that's why we see them getting absorbed by the Persian peoples um, into that society, so they kind of just disappear in that way. Uh, and the thing that he's most famous for is he sacks Baghdad, 
uh, which was the uh, academic capital uh, of the world at that point. Um, and we lose their university and everything else. So a really sad day in history for historians. Um, but uh, it allows them to take over uh, the city and the empire. And they will then, as they do this, turn to agriculture instead of being pastoral-based. Um, and um, they will convert to Islam. And when they do that, they will then go and try to repair all the destruction that they did. So, like, they destroyed Kanats, which, again, are those under underground um, um, waterways uh, that bring water to fields and stuff like that. And they, they did a lot of destruction. They destroyed dams and everything else. Um, and they try to repair all that um, to, to fix it. Um, then, uh, last, we have is the Russians. Uh, they never truly go into Russia. They stay on the outsides, and this is known as the Golden Horde. Um, and um, they, um, it's it's tough for them to go and conquer Russia just because of kind of the territory and the extension of the lines. Um, they and that's why they stay on kind of the steppe areas. And they also wanted to stay Mongols. They didn't want to become Russians like what happens in the Ilkhanate or in the Yuan Dynasty. They wanted to stay outside. So. Uh, they heavily taxed the regions that they could control, and they'd go raiding from the steppes um, in there to, to enforce their will upon the people. Um, this is where we see Kiev, which was a major city set up by uh, the Vikings and would become a, a empire there and be the basis for the Russian Empire. Uh, but this is where we see Kiev getting destroyed and Moscow, a, a small town on the outside, um, becoming a, a collection point uh, for goods. Um, become uh, or start to rise. And so then we get the Russian, really the Russian Empire, the Muscovite Empire out of that. Um, and uh, so the, the Russians don't adopt the Mongol culture as well as the Mongols don't adopt um, the Russian culture. And so they become Kipchaks. And um, they do adopt, I guess, a few practices in, in tactics. Um, as well as uh, their taxation system and uh, the courier services or the the, the mail services that uh, like kind of the Pony Express type of thing, they'll they'll adopt some of those and bring those in. But uh, we don't see the the same thing going on. And what will happen is eventually the the Moscow uh, the leaders of Moscow will see that they have uh, a lot more power and that the the um, the Mongols the Golden Horde is weakening, and so they. Uh, will lead a rebellion and and push them out and, and free them and Moscow will become the center of that new rising empire um, there and so that's kind of a, a look at each region there and uh, we'll look at uh, the last section here in part four on uh, what it was like to live in this kind of empire <laughs>